Welcome to 45 Forward, the beginning of the rest of your life. Each week, host Ron Roel and his guests discuss topics of interest to many listeners in their 40s and beyond, including retirement, caring for aging parents, health, lifestyle, and more. It's time to think ahead to the next half of your life, and we'll help you plan it with ease. Now, here is Ron Roel. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of 45 Forward, where our mission is to help you, our listeners from Los Angeles to Long Island, make your second half of life even better than the first. In an era of increasing longevity, we have the opportunity to lead vital and meaningful lives far into our later years. But there are lots of decisions facing longevity adults that require thoughtful, sometimes difficult conversations with family, friends, colleagues, as well as experts in senior living. In today's episode, Scott Fold and Catherine Owens, the co-hosts of a lively and really unique podcast called Tattered Capes, present their rare blend of expertise in senior living and longevity lifestyles, offering sometimes widely divergent perspectives to achieve a common goal, engaging people in life's missing conversations that can spur us to a higher quality of life as we age. Catherine, a nationally recognized senior living expert, is the author of several books, including Be Your Own Hero, Senior Living Decisions Simplified. Scott, the co-author of influential works such as Elder Care 101 and Longevity Lifestyle by Design, guides consumers and companies in designing better housing solutions for our longevity needs. Together, Catherine and Scott believe that while our experiences may leave our cape somewhat tattered, everyone has the power and capability to be everyday, the everyday hero of their own lives. So, now let's meet our guests, Scott Fulton and Catherine Owens. Scott and Catherine, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ron. Ron. <laughs> Good to be here. Sorry, Catherine. I'll, see, this is how we start. Already we're talking over one another. <laughs> it's always uh, a natural pause. There you go. So listen, that this it's great to have you guys on the show. Um, I've had Scott on on the show several times over the last couple of years. Uh, he's he's got we had a couple of series, and uh, so I was delighted when I found out that he was teaming up with Catherine because I I've listened to their podcast and uh, I've read some of their stuff because uh, I'm, I'm part of that community of folks who deal with these sorts of issues, and they they're, they're really a terrific uh, duo, and I'm pleased to have you uh, on the show. Um, now, uh, before we start into the, the content of your podcast and a little bit about that, um, I just wanted to refresh our, our guests uh, first with Scott in terms of, you know, a little bit of your background, you know, how you got to where you are today and then, and then with Catherine and then how you got together. So let me just start with you, Scott, about let me just give a snapshot of how you got to uh, what you're doing today. Sure, Ron. Um, I would say it's a, been a tortuous path, and in science, that doesn't mean painful. It just means it's a long and winding road, um, which means that yeah, I, I'm a I'm a lover of science. And I love watching human behavior and the challenges that we have, and I think I've always been interested in health and longevity more than I realized. And finally, had an opportunity to come up to spend all my time in this space. And I, I really looked and said the senior space, I think there is so much opportunity for better outcomes. And so I, in 2016, really kind of turned my attention full on to what we could do in senior space. That's really around, I describe my work now as really at the intersection of health and home. Mm-hmm. So it's got both elements to it and because one is really dependent on the other. So that has just opened up uh, Great conversations and and great to meet people like you and like uh, my co-host, Catherine. Right. And Catherine, how about you? Well, Ron, mine wasn't torturous, but it was um, <laughs> a bit of chance and luck. So I made a significant move from Seattle to Idaho and found myself in a area where I didn't really know anyone professionally. So I was open to different career opportunities and there was a position available at an assisted living community. And my background had been in healthcare administration, and so this was an administrative position. And my very first thought was probably what a lot of people think, that, oh, that would be so depressing, and just people sitting around all day. And I just I didn't want to do it um, and ended up taking the position. And it really honestly, not to sound cliche, but It was the first time in my career that I just fell in love with what I was doing and the people that I was serving. And I felt like I had a sense of opportunity to impact lives. And 
But what really spared me down my path of educating people and um, primarily on just having difficult conversations, educating themselves on the different services available, um, was people's misconceptions about senior living communities, about in-home care, about end of life, the fear that people had of even talking about it until they had to. And I myself had to face my misconceptions, but what I saw was having the right thing in place changed people's lives. And I just saw people that were hesitant make difficult decisions and they, I call it a bounce up in health, but they just started mm-hmm. to thrive and, you know, live instead of just exist. And so that really led me down a path of nearly 20 years of working with families and professionals on really understanding what gets in the way of having conversations and making decisions around aging and aging in place. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, we'll talk a lot more about that um, in in a few minutes. Um, Just the whole nature of conversations. And of course, you talk about um, uh, missing conversations. So we'll sort of explain more about that. Um, Before we get to that, though, just so how did you two of you? uh, What were your first conversations? How did you guys get, you know, decide to do the podcast together? Well, I think as Catherine was saying, you know, the movie Sleeps is in Seattle. So she started in Seattle, but only got as far as Idaho. <laughs> we actually, our first conversation centered around health. Okay. In terms of kind of the the, the, the adults 50 and over and, and their health challenges, I think was that point which we both recognized um, was something we had a lot of passion for. So, so while people tend to think about our work as being, you know, for in the geriatric space, ultimately, that's a guide of where we're trying to get to. But really, it's what are we doing in our, you know, even in our 30s, but certainly our 40s and 50s and 60s, mm-hmm. that's really targeting to get the outcomes we want. So, yeah, it was because, and again, on the health side, we both have our own areas of, I think, practice and expertise, and and we don't do the same things, which but yet we both are focused on health. And so I think it's just a, it was a nice setup for some interesting conversations. Yeah. Yeah. And how did you, so Catherine, how did you first start talking with Scott about doing the podcast? Well, I'll I'll just back up and give you the real story, Ron. (laughs) 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 So I had really, Scott reached out to me and it was a, a, again, just a fortunate blessing, but, um, I had been doing some focus uh, with a recent book that I had put out, and it was on making proactive decisions and overall health and, and how you have the ability to really influence outcomes, as Scott said, through any stage in your life. And so Scott, I think he watched one of my reels and just thought it was hilarious. <laughs> so he reached out to me, and we had that commonality of really – trying to get people to to take control and be proactive in their life, in their health. And um, it just started a natural, I think, conversation. And the podcast really just kind of, I would say, wouldn't you say, Scott, it just kind of started yeah, as a, a topic I, I, I of conversation actually were, where we discussed one, it. Yeah, you were the one to raise it initially, but I think it was like, we're kind of having the discussions that really belong on a podcast. Mm. Um, you know, it's fine that yeah. it's interesting to us, but there's a lot of people potentially would would be interested in listening in on this. Not that not that we are particularly enlightened. I think it was more the conversations we were having and the questions that were being raised up uh, through our conversation. Yeah, I think you have a good sense of what people really are, are thinking about and 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 don't know about it. And, you know, when you start talking about it, people go, oh, yeah, well, talk, tell me more about that, you know? And I think that um, what I've I've always loved about your conversation, Scott, and then Catherine now is that, um, you know, I think about, you know, the intersectionality of, of, of these subjects. 
And it really requires that kind of sort of interdisciplinary um, approach to things. And I think of, um, well, for me, I, I've always liked nature and na nature analogies. And I, I think of, you know, like different habitats, like the forest and then the field. And the intersection of the borderline of, of these two habitats, that's where the real action happens. You know, the real growth, the real spurt of, you know, of, uh, of, of species and, and new, you know, uh, evolution. So I think that when you combine your perspectives from from different vantage points, a lot of stuff bubbles up. It's really interesting. So I'm I'm thrilled that you're doing this. Um, so tell me a little bit, about, and we'll get into some of the conversations. But uh, let's talk just a bit. How did you come up with the title "Tattered Capes"? Was this this come out of um, your book, Catherine, about uh, super superheroes? Yes, it was. Um... Part of it was, I would just say, that fundamental belief both Scott and I had of just start where you are, um, that making these positive life decisions, whether it's being physically active, spiritually aware, looks different for everybody. Um, and Scott is quite the athlete. You know? And for me, what I do physically was completely different. So it really started with that learning from each other, same approach, but different approaches with it. And I had just, um, well, you mentioned my book, Be Your Own Hero. Mm -hmm. That whole idea that people have the ability to be their own hero came from my line of work. I see people avoid things because of fear, and typically it's fear of losing independence and control. And so my approach has always been working with people to take control and make decisions when they can independently do so. And I had just been part of a, a book called What's Next? Um, Igniting Change and Impact in Health, Fitness and Life. And my chapter was Tattered Capes Can Still Fly. Hmm. And it was the idea that, uh, again, working with older adults that focused a lot on what they weren't capable of doing. Um, and then I have a background on working with muscular dystrophy uh, children, volunteering with them. And their whole mindset was focusing on what they can do. And these were kids with significant differences in abilities and progression in their disease. And, and so that's where that tattered capes came from. I thought about these kids and all of them had different levels of inabilities, yet all of them focused on what can I do and how can I do it and still enjoy life? And as Scott and I started talking and having these conversations, we came from an approach where I was in the trenches and he's really research based. And so we, again, like Scott said, we were having conversations and realizing we had fun learning from each other, different approaches, but it all kind of came down to that same concept of people can really be their own hero and be proactive regardless of the situation they're in. There's always something they can do. Right, right. Um, so one of the things that you talk about a lot is is having these conversations. And uh, I find them interesting that you categorize them as sort of missing conversations. So Scott, what, what, what are these conversations and why are they missing? Well, I think there's a we all tend to play it safe. We kind of talk about the things in the headlines and you know, we don't go too deep on any of them. Um, that's just part of our culture. Um, it's not part of everyone's culture. And I think as we, for anyone who's, you know, works in a clinical setting, what you realize is you, to get to the bottom of things, you've got to ask deeper questions around what's driving something or like the superficial isn't going to get anybody <laughs> the answers that they're looking for. And so I think the, I think for me, it started with when I was started teaching and I realized like my background's engineering. And so the easiest way to engineering something to engineer something for the first time is to reverse engineer, find someone or something that's been done well, look at them and then say, okay, so how do we get there? So that starts with one of the first difficult conversations is let's talk about late life. Right? We don't like to think about that, but in reality, you know, let's have a conversation around if you could have the ideal late life experience, what would that look like? Oh, so we're going to have a positive conversation now about late life. So it's just one example of a, an area we tend to avoid. But if we kind of approach it in a way of 
uh, you know, realistic opportunity and it's positive then, and I can have anything I want with no constraints for the point of the conversation. Now it gets to be a very different conversation instead of talking about death, because that's the first thing that comes to mind. And so mm-hmm. that death is one moment in time, right? but there's a lot of things happen in that time before and the time after. So that's, again, of things that Catherine and I just naturally gravitate to. Yeah, and perfect example of there are no right and wrong answers, right? We all get our own um, creative hat that we get to, or creative brush that we get to put to it and and start to paint the picture that are, maybe it's more than one picture, but something interesting that says, oh, okay, that's something I can actually look forward to. So that, that's one of many, but it's uh, we, we just realize as we start to go into these, we tend to avoid a lot of conversation in our dialogue. Yeah, and and I think that um, you know we've talked about this in terms of um, people don't have the skills for these conversations in general, and people don't have these conversations. So uh, we're going to have to do a break pretty soon. But Catherine, let's start on that cover on that. Uh, notion of uh, why don't people have the ability to have these conversations anymore? I think there, I think there is something cultural that's, and sometimes it's fear, as, you, as Scott pointed out. But so what, what are the people missing in terms of the skills to have these conversations? A lot of it is avoiding conflict. Mm. <laughs> to Scott say, we stay on the surface where it's safe um, and where it's pleasant, where we feel like we can control outcomes. So, yeah. That will be a fun a fun segment to get into. Right. Um, so, yeah, we are going to take a quick break, um, and uh, rather than cut off our conversation, uh, why don't we why don't we take the break now, and then when we get back, we'll dive much more into conversations why why they're missing, how we can develop the skills to have them. Uh, so, there's much more to come, folks, with Scott Fulton and Catherine Owens, the co-hosts of the Tattered Capes podcast. Uh, so, don't go away. We'll be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. The boroughs are New York City. The burbs are everywhere else. Real estate is the ultimate game of risk and reward. It's the biggest investment most people ever make. Fortunes are made over a lifetime and lost in a day. And we're not playing with Monopoly money. How do you stay ahead? Who's buying? Who's selling? And why? What do they know? We want the truth. You need an edge. Burroughs and Burbs is your secret weapon to giving you the insider knowledge and strategies you need to succeed in the high-stakes world of real estate. From Palm Beach to Palm Springs, Manhattan to Malibu, we press the experts to expose the pain, find the deals, and occasionally predict the future. That's Burroughs and Burbs, 3 o'clock Eastern, noon Pacific, because everyone can make money in real estate. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to 45 Forward. To reach Ron Roel or his guest on the program, please send an email to ron.roel at gmail.com. That's ron.roel at gmail.com. Now back to 45 Forward. Welcome back, folks. Today we're talking with Scott Fulton and Catherine Owens, the co-hosts of the Tattered Capes podcast. Uh, before we go on, I just want to mention, so you can find their podcast if you go to 
https slash tatteredcapes.com. And you can listen to the podcast there. You can find out much more about them. Um, so that's that's a good place to, to reach them and, and to uh, reach out to them. Uh, you can uh, contact them as well on that site. Uh, and also before, if you have comments or thoughts for me, I always love hearing from my guests. Uh, you can reach me at ron.roel at gmail.com. So before the break, we were talking a lot about conversations and missing conversations and why were they missing. And and um, and, and and Scott deals with them in some cases earlier in people's lives and Catherine later in people's lives. But at, at any time point, they seem to be tough conversations. They're emotional. Uh, some of it's uh, fear of aging. Um, and I think some of it, um, as we've talked before, I think people in our contemporary culture have, have in some ways lost the skill of conversation. You know, we're, we're texting, we're doing social media, we're, we're engaging in these superficial conversations. So the conversations you guys deal with are deep conversations. You know, they're not listicles, you know, of do this, do this, do this. Um, so Catherine, you've dealt with a lot of difficult conversations. How do you get people, how do you deal with them? How do you get people to get engaged and, and, and involved? Well, Ron, I'm really glad that you just brought up that they're not listicle because I think especially in our industry, we want to solve problems. We want to help people. We want to show them how their life could be easier. Um, and sometimes we forget. I always tell people, you know, you're, a, you're an expert on you. You have 80 years of being an expert on you. And taking the time to stop and find out what's important to someone. Because as adult kids who I work with a lot, um, we want to fix things. We want mom and dad to be safe. We want to make sure everything's okay. And I try to use open-ended questions a lot. If someone says, I'm afraid of losing independence, what does that mean to you? What does independence mean to you? Um, if someone is afraid of leaving a home that's meant something to them and been a part of their life, why is that difficult for you? So I think some of it starts with letting go of the solution and starting with what is important to someone. Um, a lot of it is mindset. We've learned a lot that people approach these difficult decisions, especially later in life, with different mindsets. Someone might be looking at a real practical, logical solution. Someone might be looking at more of a solution that's going to give them a sense of purpose. And so instead of just throwing out this whack-a-mole of answers, stepping back and asking, why is that important to you? Mm -hmm. um, and so I really started with my book, Be Your Own Hero. A lot of people would come to me with a list that they would get off of the internet that said when they were researching options. Do you have housekeeping? Do you have transportation? And the answer is always yes, they do. Um, but taking it one step further, I started giving them questions like, tell me what a perfect dining scenario would be. Tell me what, you know, a perfect social environment. Because life isn't one size fits all, as Scott and I spoke about earlier. It's different for everybody. And that picture that you paint for yourself is different for everybody. And if we don't stop and step back and ask what's important to you or why are you asking that, um, people are going to shut down and they're not going to want to have a conversation. Right. And Scott, when, when you're dealing with these sorts of issues, I mean, especially with design issues, I, I've really liked your approach in terms of when you engage people um, and, and you, you know, it's not just about it's not a clinical look at a, what do you need in your house? Do you need, you know, grab grab bars and ramps? And um, you talk about well, what sort of life do you do you want, and what what can make it the kind of life you want? Yeah, I don't have conversations with people. I mean, I will help them with where where grab bars work and why they're valuable and why I have them in my own home. Um, you know, even though I I stay very active. Um, it, it's really, I think, about kind of going back to saying, what life would you like to have for yourself and for your loved ones? And what would you like them um, to have to be able to look up to as, as a legacy that you've left for them? And it's, um, 
and part of that is uh, is spending t- my mind time in their future. Mm-hmm. I really spend a lot of time understanding what are the options that are out there for people because that's not, I think the biggest problem is again because they're not having conversations, they're not discovering options, and that's what what like everything Catherine and I are talking about are really let's explore some options around something. Everything has pros and cons. And it's not that, you know, everyone should get this and no one should get that. It's really around discovering the options. When Catherine talks about our preconception around things, absolutely. Like, like one of the options is even if you don't think you want to be in a retirement community, go visit a couple, Mm -hmm. make an informed decision. There may be things there that you will learn to say, Ah, I could have that in my own home, for example, or no, that's definitely what I need. It's not like there's no winning or losing in this. The the only losses are if you don't take the time to understand the options that are available. And that's what what I think um, we just run across this all the time because people just don't go deep enough in the conversation. And so they don't discover what their opportunities are until they're too late and they pretty much pass them by. And that's what we really, I think enjoy is this did you know that if you had this you could be doing that sort of thing and i don't mean about what you could buy it's more around the the choices and priorities you make in your life and so one of them we we and i went if i go back to what brought Catherine and i together was a discussion around health like so i teach that as part of uh, my longevity teaching why would an adult be interested in changing a habit that they've had for 50 60 years we assume they will not change. I kind of described this to people. Adults absolutely will change. They've got a bunch of puzzle pieces. They've got to a point to realize the puzzle isn't going together. And they, they've now, you've given them a reason to say, well, there's a couple of pieces here that you were missing, or these ones, you know, we need to move a couple. And then suddenly now the puzzle begins to take shape and it grows from there. And once you get them over that barrier, again, to see the opportunities that's really, I think, what a, a lot of what we talk about, not what you shouldn't do, is these are the opportunities and let's explore them. Right. Yeah, I think that, you know, I think fear stops people. You know, we we, we still have this uh, unfortunate stereotype of aging where it's just a matter of, you know, diminishment as we get older. No opportunities for enrichment and continued vitality. And so people don't want to have these conversations because that's what they think it's about. And, um, uh you know, so I, I think that's a problem, and I think you guys do a real service and really. And I think I think I saw on your website one of your you know uh, lines is you know knowledge is a transformative force. And I think that's I think you're right. You know, but it's hard to transform if you don't have that knowledge. And um, and I and I just wanted to mention um, among the resources you guys offer, and and you can find out if you go to. Um, RoyalResources.com and click on the 45 forward tab. You can see, uh, you can also listen for people who missed the conversation, our conversation today. They can listen to it uh, there, but also there, your bios are there and people can read much more about your publications. And, and I know that you, you have, you know, uh, conversation books about conversations and, and there's aging in place conversations with, I think, I think Scott was involved in. And then Catherine, you were part of, um, Difficult aging in place conversation. So, you guys, you know, there you people can look them up, and uh, I've I've read these books, and they're they're tremendous value, not only with Catherine and Scott, but with a lot of other experts. So, uh, take a look at that when you get a chance. Um, um, so, um, back to the podcast. Um, let, let's just talk a little bit about some of the kinds of uh, episodes you've had. Um, perhaps uh, I know that they've ranged quite a bit. Um, one was on the uh, communities of the future, um, some sense of purpose. Um, uh, let's start with some of the, the the communities piece, and then I know Scott and I've talked a lot about purpose, so we'll we'll dive into that next. But Catherine, why don't we start with some the about the um, communities of the future? What were some of the interesting takeaways for you for that? Oh, darn, Ron, I was wanting to go with the purpose one. <laughs> oh, oh, well, listen, no, that's... Well, and I say that because Scott really, um, he had just come off from another amazing conference he had gone to when we did the Housing of the Future and um, 
show. So that was really something that he was excited and passionate about. And I don't want to take that from, from you, Scott, but I'm open. Yeah. It, well, it, so, so if we want to stay with that one, I'll, I'll, I'll field this one and then we'll, we'll let Catherine do that. So yeah. part of my work, and again, because of the research and kind of the experience out in the field, and again, working with people like Catherine who spent so much time in communities to say, there's a lot of information out there that we could be applying a lot better and we're ready to apply. But um, projects for senior communities are big. Um, they are complicated beyond belief. And we won't get into all the, the challenges of that. But um, but I, I got invited uh, a couple of months ago to speak at a conference um, for realtors on this topic. And then I was at actually uh, got invited to an architects conference last week on this very topic around what are we going to do differently and better in communities of the future. And, and while we know the number one thing that people want out of community is connection. Getting that connection um, can happen in many ways, and there are lots of physical constraints associated with it, but I really take it forward to say, well, let's remove all the constraints today and let's, again, let's go to that vision of the future with no constraints where we could have everything we wanted. Well, let's talk about what that looks like. And when you do that, you start to realize I'd be willing to make some some trades and some concessions from what I thought I needed, it, just like Catherine talked about, to realize this is what I need now that I see it. Mm -hmm. Yes, and so one of the most obvious ones I, I give and say the biggest gap I think is we as consumers believe we need to have our own cottage, our own standalone building. The implications of that for what you will trade away for connection if you go to a community, one is you probably won't have access because you won't be able to afford even to come in. The other is if we don't design our communities that are appealing and accessible, when I say accessible, I don't mean just physically, but financially, that put people into settings where they truly can thrive. Mm -hmm. They can have independence where they understand interdependence and the values that come with that and the natural connections that we support, it starts to change the model. And so I'll say on the industry side is the industry has really struggled to put this together. That's what I'm going to try to help them do in a, in a business model that allows them to actually um, look at something and say, oh, okay, I didn't know people would be interested in that. They, they Because typically, and this was last week, I'll tell you, the, the, what do we do? Well, we do what cu customers ask for. Well, if the customer doesn't know what to ask for, like they ask for other things. Catherine, I deal with this all the time. And so let me take, let me, let's have that conversation. So that's the missing conversation there is let's get into what you really value. We have this list of things, but those aren't really the things that we want when it comes right down to it. And so if no one's spending the time to have that conversation, we end up getting what someone else got and it's really no better and it's not anywhere close to what we could have had for the same money if it's a financial thing. And it really doesn't matter if it's a senior community where we take that and bring it to wherever you live today into your existing community. The values are people values. What people value doesn't change because they go to a, a senior living community or they stay in their neighborhood or they stay in an urban setting. And so I think that's really the parts of it. I mean, there are some cool things around how we move transportation equipment, the, mm -hmm. the implementation of robotics that's coming forward. I mean, there's some really cool stuff going to happen, but ultimately it's, it's about really driving connection. Right. Jump in, Catherine. Scott, you just speak to that so well. So I, I didn't mean to defer it to you, but I, I, this is one of those areas where we get really excited when we start talking because it does go back to that missing conversations and going back to, I, I love the example you gave Scott of the cottages. And this is something I face and I faced for almost 20 years is we have preconceived mindsets that we need to be in a home. We need to have a garage. We need, you know, we haven't been in an apartment setting since college and we get these black and white ideas of what a perfect scenario should be. And a lot of the missing conversations revolve around adaptability as needs change 
and our needs change, whether it's social, um, emotional, feeling safe, feeling uh, peace of mind, and going back to the what's important to you, that's going to change at any stage. But if someone is saying, I just need to be in a cottage home, and I'm so lonely and depressed, and they're not walking well, they don't have mobility, they're not driving. So to get to the common area is not as feasible as if they were in an apartment. So having conversations that people don't want to have because it's easier to say, well, I have this cottage available, um, instead of really working around what is it that they're concerned about? What is it that they're missing? What is it that they hope for? And being able to tailor, and, and Scott and I talk about putting in place versus aging in place, being able to put in place the environment and what that looks like is different for everybody, but the type of environment that's going to support those needs so they can have the best quality of life. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll just throw out a short story here because mm -hmm. this is not an age-dependent conversation we're having. I remember in my 40s, the company moved me out west to, uh, to manage a plant for them. And um, so we rented a condo right in the downtown area. Well, I moved from the suburbs to downtown into a high-rise condo. You know, I thought, well, this is temporary. I was shocked how much I enjoyed it. I was totally shocked. And so, but having lived that experience, I can look at it far more objectively now and realize now it needs to have certain things. I don't want to hear my neighbors, you know, with the TV too loud next door or them, you know, complaining about the dinner was burned or something. Um, and that's really comes down to the building piece. And that's, um, again, on the architects and the builder side, there are much better ways to build some of these things that don't co actually cost less than building cottages. That's why I kind of say we can make them more accessible and be and more functional. Um, but we we have to invest in educating consumers on on what these options are and why it might be a better fit for them. Yeah, I think that um, um, uh, we're going to take a break shortly, but I just wanted to mention <clears throat> one thing before the break, and that is that um, I had a conversation a little while ago with an architect who um, uh, spent some time, he, he was designing, working and designing assisted living in nursing homes. And what he did is he, he went around the country and he spent, he just lived in seven different locations. And, um, and then somebody said, well, what, what did you learn? And he said, what I learned is that it's what we need to do is it's about 15% about architecture and 85% about relationships. To your point, Scott, both of you about the connectivity, the, that connection. So uh, we're going to uh, stop on that note. We need to take another break, but don't go away, folks. We have one more great segment coming up with Scott Fulton and Catherine Owens. So we'll be right back. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host, keynote speaker, and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now, she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for the Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. 
stimulating talk. It gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to 45 Forward. To reach Ron Rowell or his guest on the program, please send an email to ron.rowell at gmail.com. That's ron.roel at gmail.com. Now back to 45 Forward. Welcome back, folks. We're talking to Scott Fulton and Catherine Owens, the co-hosts of the Tattered Capes podcast. Before the break, we were talking a little bit about um, sense of purpose in life, and uh, I just want to get back to that and uh, have Catherine pick up on that because it it really relates to what both of them are talking about, no matter what point in life you're at. So, so expand on that a bit, Catherine. Absolutely, Ron. So, one of the things I learned early on as I started working with older adults, um, remember I had the mindset that it was depressing was really that our intrinsic needs don't change as we get older. And I think sometimes they become even more important as life changes and life happens. And part of that is sense of purpose. And when I talked about being able to see people have improved quality of life when they have the right things in place, a huge part of that is that we all need a reason to get dressed every morning. Mm -hmm. We all need opportunities to feel valued that we can contribute our knowledge and our experience and be a part of a bigger picture. And so again, when you're looking at what do I need to put in place or the type of community or environment I need, those are the types of things that really, when you start having those conversations with people, would surprise you. Um, the sense of purpose, it's, we all need to feel valued. And I see this in communities all the time where they find, people find opportunities to check in on people, to brighten people's day, to volunteer and teach something, whatever it is. Um, it could be something simple as walking their neighbor's dog because they're sick. We all want that sense of purpose and opportunity to, to really give and to be a part of something. And so that can happen when you're in your home, if you're still mobile and you're still you know, active and engaged. And sometimes we need to make changes because it's not as easily accessible. Um, and there's that fear of losing that, that people don't see your value as you get older. And that is a societal thing that sometimes we see in this culture. Um, but honoring that and finding ways to really provide that for people um, is incredibly huge. Yeah. And I know that, Scott, you and I have talked about just the, in terms of, you know, longevity, that these, that purpose and connectedness, you know, are essential ingredients to that in terms of living it. You know, we, you talk about, you know, uh, healthful longevity, you know, so it's not just <laughs> existing for longer right, years. Right. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, a number of studies that come in and, you know, one of them, we look at purpose. It tends to go to positivity. Mm -hmm. Those two, ten, you know, you could almost use one for the other. You know, we get kind of hung up on purposes, this high lofty thing. You know, purpose isn't really that uh, difficult at all. It can be any number of things and it moves through life. But it's really, you know, so we see from the studies would tell us about 10 to 15 percent longer lifespan for people who have, you know, purpose in life. They, they're because they have a positive attitude that the two go naturally. Um, so, yeah, it's a... Um, you know, finding purpose for some people, if they're if they're doing the listicle thing, is probably not going to to get them there. It's really kind of goes back to get engaged. I think uh, you know, I was thinking as you were talking, Catherine. Remember the uh, the conversation we had with uh, Kimberly Montgomery, Montgomery down in the villages in Florida, mm -hmm. talking about over three hundred groups that the residents form together on their own, doing different things. So these ways of connecting purpose, just it can't help but come out of those type of engagements because someone else was talking about something I was interested in and you kind of get together and realize, you know, you don't, purpose doesn't have to be something you do on your own. It's not, it's not something you invent. It's something you attach yourself to. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, one of the things that we've talked about too is just, I, I think the fear is, it's just that as you get older, you have no control. <laughs> People fear that there's a loss of control and things are just happening to them. And I think what you're doing is you're saying, 
there are lots of things you can't control, or or there are many things anyway. But there are things that you can control, and you should you know you should take control. You know. Yeah. And- so so to that point is if you don't discover or explore the options, they will be taken away. Right. This mm-hmm. is the reason. That's why you know why do we talk about being proactive? It's to maintain control much longer. Um, yeah. Those who sit on the sidelines and watch life and options, but both pass us by. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like that. Um, yeah, so I, I think to not put it too grandly, but I think one of the things you offer besides sense of control and and is hope. <laughs> I think people need that sense of hope that, you know, what life can continue. Yeah, there, there are inevitable physical challenges as we get older. You know, I'm not the same as when I was 40, but. In some ways, I can be somewhat better, and um, I I know how to do things and that are better, and so life can be richer in some ways. But you need to know about the options, and and I think that one of the things I like too about listening to your podcast is that um, uh, I want to talk a little bit about your style because I think that your style working together is engaging, and I think it's it's fun, you know, and I think that that's. So I think that's that brings people in like, oh, this is going to be a fun, interesting conversation, not like, a, uh-oh, what do I need to do? Okay, did I do my will? Did I do my, <laughs> my healthcare proxy? Okay, 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 got it. That's the listicle. <laughs> you know? Well, that's why Catherine is on the show. <laughs> you know, Ron, I just, when you were speaking, I was thinking, yay, because that was one thing that was important to Scott and I that we discussed a lot was, we didn't want, these are hard conversations and we didn't want it to be something where people automatically just shut down and don't want to engage, but that we wanted hopefully to make it light and a little bit more enjoyable. So I appreciate that feedback. And not talk down to them, right? Like it's easy to fall into a lecture and I think maybe that's where you're getting it, Ron, is the, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's value, there's content in those things, but there's a lot of ways to deliver information and yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We, we try to yeah, we, we, again we try to explore the ideas and at times even be a little bit sarcastic if that's kind of what what's needed because we both know how to give it and thankfully we both know how to take it and uh, and it's good fun yeah uh, one of the things i've discovered is that how do you reach people one of the ways is humor <laughs> when you have people who have a sense of humor people listen and and it they remember and uh, and i think too you you're in the trenches you know in different ways and i think that um you know it's the kind of stories that you do, how do you how do you find the stories how do you find your guests how do you decide on what shows to do either one of you I usually go sit down on a street corner and I kind of, you know, look for people who kind of don't fit in. And I say, you're my kind of person. That's one, that's one way. Okay. Go ahead, Catherine. He's been really successful at that. Um, A lot of it is when we just start talking about different topics, we realize there's people that we've had experiences with. Um, A lot of the guests that we've had have just been people that either Scott or I have engaged with and felt really, you know, they get it, they understand, or they bring something to the table that people would, you know, find value in or enjoy hearing. So that really has just been because we both come with so many different but similar experiences. We've been fortunate to meet people along the way um, yeah. that have been willing to have fun with us and have a conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think... Um, uh, <laughs> I thought I, I, you were someone facetious talking about the street corner, but there's something to that, Scott, as I've discovered, is that <laughs> in terms of really putting together dynamic, um, you know, programming, it, part of it, I think, is being open to seeing people in places you didn't expect to see them and really recognizing, wait a minute, this person has something to say. They're not, they don't have an official position. They're not an expert on something, but they have a, a vantage point. So, and when people ask me, you know, uh, how do you find your guests? I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not trying to deflect the question when I say, everywhere. Uh, you know, I'm just open everywhere to to the possibility that people can contribute, and some people, um, you know, just from, you know, pe- people, you know, in, in, that you run into in your daily life, all of a sudden they have relevance for the subject you're working on. Um, but I think that that kind of um, yeah, you mentioned, Scott, you guys talk, you're talking directly to your audience and you're part of them and you're not you know, talking down to them. I think that's really critical. 
I'll, I'll, th- I'll throw a real story. Was this one's a- fresh. I, I was two guys walking a bar. Last, <laughs> I was in a bar last week having dinner. It was a restaurant sitting at the bar, and there was somebody came and sat next to me. I was in a small town in uh, North Carolina, and um, turns out he was local. We ended up having at least a two-hour conversation that followed up with some emails after. And, and this guy is like uber scientist. He kind of talks about boring or boring and as in boring deep on something. His whole career has been around genetics or sequencing of proteins. If that isn't isn't going to kind of stop you cold, but all the things we talk about were the things that that Catherine and I talk about on the show because you realize there's just all these places that you realize I, I haven't really spent enough time thinking about that, but that's kind of an interesting provocation. And you know, he was no different than anybody else we meet. You just discover there's all these places on the fringe that we we kind of dress over, but we don't pause long enough to, to just dive in and ask a few interesting questions. Right. Yeah. You were going to say something, Catherine, just dive in here. I think we're getting close to our... It's a no, mandate that, that I talk about. That was a perfect her. way to close it. That's just your everyday hero right there, sitting in a bar. <laughs> right. Cheers. <laughs> well, the other part of the show, Ron, is really important that at some point during every show, Catherine has a line that she must read. And Go, go ahead, Catherine. What's that line? I forget what it is. I, don't, I probably wouldn't get it right. Oh, thank you for joining us. I mean, you're right, Scott. You're right. Right. Yeah. So listen, on that note, unfortunately, I want to just thank you for a terrific show. We do need to come to a close, uh, but I, I want to thank people. And if you go to uh, my Roel Resources uh, site and go to 45 Forward, you can click on this episode and see the contact information for Catherine and Scott. And um, before you go, uh, be sure to join me next Monday, 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, when I'll be talking with Hudson Cooper, an old friend uh, whose latest chapter in his career is a continuous reinvention of his new radio show, uh, Showbuzz. So uh, leaving you with a quote to go. Uh, It's a quote from Albert Einstein. Do not grow old no matter how long you live. Never cease to stand curious like curious children before the great mystery into which we were born. So then, with that, folks, until then, keep moving forward, folks. 45 Forward. Thank you for tuning in to 45 Forward. Please join your host, Ron Roel, for another great show next Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We wish you a great week.